This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate loses and love wins. And uh, it is that time again. We are doing everything we can to get ready for this election. Uh, your election information station, my ballot came yesterday, my mail-in ballot, so it is on. Uh, and one of the you know, important races on the ballot this year is... Uh, the California State Senate District 35 candidate for that position here in studio with me right now, if you want to check her out on YouTube. She grew up in a union household, later became a member of Ask Me. She's a mom and a grandmother. Uh, she served as external affairs manager for the California Department of Justice and California Attorney General Rob Bonta. She served as a Compton City Council member and worked for Congress members Janice Hahn and Diane Watson, Michelle Chambers, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, that thanks for coming in. To be here. Uh, it's you. great to have you in. Um, so let's talk about this. This is the seat yes. that's being vacated by Steve Bradford, yes. um, who is termed out. So let's start with the Bradford portfolio. How do you feel about reparations? Oh, I absolutely support reparations and. You know, having working for the office of the attorney general, of course, who was over that report, uh, I had first front up seat, a front seat to some of the backgrounds of the preparing of the report. Um, and I do see that we, we definitely do, or do reparations and I definitely support reparations. And I'm excited to be part of that Senate Congress that will look at what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, you you know, that means you don't have to get up to speed on it in the Attorney General's that office. That is correct. You, you would be familiar. Um, and I've got I've had a lot of people calling saying they're a little disappointed with the first round of legislation. People really want to see movement um, on cash payments. They want to see movement on other things. Um, how do you see that? Well, they just released a report, they, uh, their first piece of legislation on that just this month. Um, but I do, I support cash payments, I support property, I support free education. I think it's going to take all of us to come to that consensus, right, and see what that looks like. But also, we want to include the community. So I think we should have more community dialogue on what this looks like, mm. get some more meat and potatoes into this now that we have, now that we're moving forward with the policy piece. I think we should look at what that looks like and be transparent about it. Let's be honest about it. We don't want people to think that um, everybody's getting this big windfall. Um, we don't want everybody to think that they're getting 50 acres, you know, down the street. We want to be honest and say, hey, this is what this looks like. What is it that you want? And why can't we have both? Yeah, absolutely. Why can't we have money and property or free education? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a reason why we can't. I can tell you've been campaigning. Your voice doesn't right. usually sound like this. Um <laughs> You know, we've talked, we talked when you ran for the city council, we've yes. talked in between because you were a um, victim of racist attacks or hate, hate attacks Absolutely. Um, in, in the city council. Um, why, you know, it's a contentious time in politics. Yeah. Why step up and seek the Senate seat? Actually, I was sought to seek the Senate seat. I was... Uh, approached by some women's organizations in Sacramento, as well as the incumbent, Senator Steve Bradford, asked that I represent him, that I succeed him in Senate District 35, which is an honor and a blessing in itself. So I'm really honored and I'm thankful that other organizations looked at me, and then more importantly, the incumbent felt that I was uh, experienced enough, how much I love this district, um, and supported me in succeeding him. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Steve Bradford is uh, a straight shooter for sure, Senator Bradford. Um, so uh, what did you <laughs> what did you think when he came and said, hey, you want to run for my seat? He said, you ready? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what he said, you <laughs> that's, ready? That's okay. He said, you're ready. And I said, I'm ready. 
So let's go. Okay, so let's talk about that. What makes you feel that you're ready? Well, I have over 30 years of government experience, but I'm the only candidate that's represented this entire district for 15 consecutive years. I have relationships in this community, from Inglewood all the way down to San Pedro. I'm the only candidate that's worked in multiple levels of government representing this district, from Congress to Assembly to County and the Attorney General's Office, and as as an elected official myself. And if anyone knows this district, it is me. If anyone has the relationships in these communities, it is me. And why the community trusts me to run and represent them is because I show up. I am consistent. I'm approachable. I'm effective. I'm responsive. And they know that I deliver. So that's why I'm the most important, I'm the most candidate, qualified candidate to run for this mm. seat. Um, when, you, when you think about what you'd like to get done, um, I'm sure you have a few, th- you know, not just issues, but policies that you're thinking, uh, you know, I, I hope that I can go to the state uh, state house and do this. What are those? I hope I can go to the state house and make an impact of our unhoused residents in our community. I really want to make a difference there. I want to build affordable housing. I want to address the mental health and sub- those suffering with mental health and substance abuse in our community. On my way here, I got a little delayed because a young lady was laying out in the street. You can tell clearly see that there were some issues there. And I pulled over and just tried to, you know, let her know this is dangerous, you know, that the the street. But these are the issues in our community that I want to address first in Sacramento is our unhoused and those suffering with mental health and substance abuse. Do you support um, the governor's approach on the care courts? I do. I do support the care courts. As a matter of fact, I've been working with care courts for a very long time in the city of Compton with Karen, Judge Karen Ackerson Golf. Uh, we have a sex trafficking issue in the community of Compton. And that's one of the issues that she helped bring on uh, some collaborators and partners in addressing sex trafficking, making that part of that court, mental health, those suffering, those homeless and veterans. And so I've already had my teeth in that realm and working with her and for our community um, really makes me already ahead of the curve. So, yes, mm-hmm. ex- absolutely. Would I be in Sacramento championing for care courts? So when you when you talk about um, a, a version of a care court that's happening in Compton, give me an example of the kind of thing you might do. Well, of course, you know, talking about as far as in the care court. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What I would do is I would open up, I would look at building more safe housing for those girls being sex trafficked. That's one of the courts that I worked mm. in with the judge. And one of the issues are that once the young ladies are um, rescued, you know, because it is, they're out here um, being used, being trafficked. And it's hardly anywhere for them to go. This local, mm. of course, we don't want them, you know, in the same area. But you know, out in the valley, that's pretty far for them to be by their away from their families. So I would like to build some safe house, some safe havens for those ladies to get all the wraparound resources that they need. I'm assured that they're victims. We know they are victims. And not charge them with crimes, but also get them access to resources and counseling, mental health services, substance abuse services, employment opportunities, and so forth. So that is the thing that I would like to work for, work with, um, with the judging, the care courts on. I think almost every candidate that I've talked to in this election season um, says that they want to do something about the unhoused. And uh, this is what we, the voters, want to hear. And also anyone with a heart can see what's going on on the streets. But how do we get from talking about it to actually impacting it? 
we get from there by making sure that we have access, resources, and funding. So we start with the funding allocations. We have to assess our tangible and intangible assets. Look at our properties that we have available. Even include state properties. Look at our land use. Look at um, our funding resources we have now. The county just has some funding resources coming from the federal government. We take an assessment of our property, our land, take assessment of our funding, but we have to include the community in this as well, making sure that we produce jobs out of building housing, making sure that those who reside in the community are affordable, uh, able to receive that affordable housing. That's what it looks like, but also assuring that when we are building that we take an assessment of what we have and then make sure that we include uh, union jobs. Union jobs and building up those spoken like a a union uh, (laughs) union member. Um, You know, all of this is against the backdrop of a tough budget year. Absolutely. How do you navigate that? Well, we just seen that the budget, the preliminary budget came out in January, 63 million. We really have to, me as a senator, and my plan is to make sure, work with our other senators here, making sure we don't protect our progress. We have to make sure that we don't get funding cut for housing, homelessness, employment opportunities, mental health services, education, child care, etc. So when we look at the budget, we have, there's going to be cuts somewhere. We understand that. But we have to make sure that we protect our budget for our community as well. Talking with uh, Michelle Chambers, a former Compton City Council member, and, uh, and you've heard a, a union member and, and much more. She's running for Senate, uh, State Senate number 35 is the district, and continuing the conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, right now we're talking with Michelle uh, Chambers. She is seeking your vote for State Senate District 35, a crowded field um, in which three black women are among the contenders. Um, and uh, one guy who I, I don't know, I think he's Latino. I'm not sure. Um, we haven't talked to him yet. All have been invited. Um I guess you could say this is bad because this black woman pitted against each other, or you could say it's good because it shows we have a diversity of opinion and a diversity of experience. Well, I would say it's, it's I think it's the diversity and experience. Um, but again, I, I'm the only can qualify candidate to succeed to win in this race to represent the 35th Senate District, and I think that's what matters. We have to take look at all the candidates, not just the women and the men, but look at all of them and see who's the best representation for you and your family. And of course, if nobody gets 50% plus one, there will be a runoff in November, which seems pretty likely. Um, You've got a ton of endorsements, uh, and one of the reasons that, that made me pivot to the, the black women, three black women in this race, um, is that you have a lot of endorsements by black women. State Senator uh, Lola Smallwood Cuevas, uh, Assemblymember Tina McKinner, uh, Supervisor Holly Mitchell, and, what, and, and more, and, and also union endorsements, which, of course, you know, L.A. County Fed. That doesn't surprise me since you're a union um, member by background. But what what do you think is most uh, what are you most proud of of, of these endorsements and and, um, and trend lines? I am most proud that they 
find that I'm the qualified candidate to pass policy alongside of them. That is important. And just not the black women. I have, you know, Latino women, I have men, I have um, majority of all the legislatures in this race. And it really, really sends a message and a signal and a sign to the community and the voters that we want Michelle Chambers to legislate alongside of us. She's qualified. She delivers. She's honest. I lead with integrity and a moral compass. And that's what they need in Sacramento, and that's what they want. And it's important that we have these relationships. Um, during the, On the campaign trail, you'll hear you know, other candidates say, well, endorsements don't matter. Endorsements does matter. It really plays a role because, it, again, it also shows that these legislatures find you um, more qualified to I mean, it, right. It tells us a little bit about where a person stands. We were talking on Monday. Um, hmm, Jasmine Mechanic introduced me to a new term, pinos. I call them uh, progressive posers, but that's progressive in name only. We've talked about this in prior campaigns and conversations that you consider yourself a progressive. Absolutely. What does that mean to you? And moving forward. Right now, we have to look how we look at policy. The times have changed. We have to make sure that we are moving forward, protecting the progress here in California, the right to reproductive freedom, you know, making sure that we're at the table accessing assets and and funding resources for our African-American boys and our children here in the school districts. We have to make sure that we're inclusive and employment resources, the social economic disadvantages that we had then are not now. And as legislatures and policymakers, we have to make sure that we're at the table having these conversations, but also making sure that we deliver to our community. To progressive to me is moving forward, moving that needle and assuring and taking my community with me, but also assuring that we have the resources behind that. You're a mom. I am. And, uh, and a grandma. And a Grammy. Congrats. Um, and I'm sure you've been tracking this reporting about the um, setback from, from the lockdowns and the, and the pandemic on education. Um, it's bad. And the latest um, s- numbers are showing that we're not bouncing back. Okay. I thought it was uh, interesting that Compton was a bright spot. In, in terms of, of kids recovering from uh, the, the learning loss of the pandemic. Um, but it's, it's, it's a problem. What, do you, do, what ideas do you have about what we ought to be doing about that on a state level? Well, you know what? We have to remember when we talk about mental health and we talk about the stresses of life, we have to include our children in these conversations. PTSD, mental health issues are real in our youth. They really have taken a hit mentally during the pandemic. They have seen their their families lose jobs. Some have lost housing. They have seen that school, they're no longer able to interact with their peers. And that does take a pressure and a toll on children. But some children are learners in person versus over online learning. So it did take a lot out of our children, but what we have to do, and I think, I'm glad that Compton is uh, on the bright spot. We yeah. have some great leaders over there, Dr. Yana Davis, Denzel Perry, and Sandra Moss, so I'm not surprised. Uh, but I do think that we really need to take a step back and remember that our children went through a rough time over these past few years, and really they dig in, lean into what they really need, because it may not be just educational. They may be struggling with some home issues. And, I, and as a legislature, I make sure that we have additional funding for our students to access services, to access counseling, to access mental health services, because it is hard. It's very hard. Yeah. um, You know, I was on a call yesterday where they were 
getting divided between black and Latino and, and was yeah. it was over it was a call that had nothing to do with what we're talking about but it's a challenge for our state right we have seen this with the LA City Council and, and the infighting over power uh, that led to the demise of a couple council members right. and the head of the LA Fed um, you yourself have been the victim of a fellow Compton council member Absolutely. who turned out to be a crook right. um, attacking you on the yeah. basis of, you know, he was Latino, you're black. Yeah. Um, how do you, you know, what do you take away from that in terms of what it takes to uh, to work together? If we should even be working together, do coalitions work? Is that outdated? Um, you know, certainly your personal and political experience uh, yeah. would seem to inform that conversation. Absolutely. And, and he um, does not represent them all and that's what we have to remember just like someone in my community a black person who acts out in that manner does not represent me it is my responsibility to represent everyone everyone as a lawmaker absolutely everyone with the same equality with the kind heart but as far as um he that situation is concerned we have to mass out the evils in our community they exist but we cannot feed this beast we have to lead with love and lead with integrity and unity because we all live in this community together. I have support on both sides because I represent both sides and I treat both sides with respect. Anyone in my community, not just black, Latino. I have a great Samoan base in the city of Carson that I'll be representing. I have a great Asian base, you know, in certain areas that I'll be representing. And so leading with integrity and dignity is inclusive, inclusive. And I will not tolerate any hate crimes on my community at all. Um. Your flyer, I'm holding it up, nice. your mailer, it says that Michelle Chambers will fight for working families. Absolutely. It's a, what does that mean? I will fight for working families to sustain. I was a working family, working mother. Child care is expensive. Child care is expensive. Yep. The access, we have to make sure we have after school programs funding available for our students. We have to make sure we have programming available for our students. Working families is just that, the cost. I am an advocate for rent protections. I'm an advocate for rent subsidies, those who need help in those areas. I am an advocate for assuring that I really want to look at the daily structure of a family. What is it that keeps you up at night? I know for me, it was sustainability, food, utilities, rent, child care, the basic things. And now with inflation, that's almost like times three. And it's hard for working families nowadays. But I'll just make sure that I pass policies to give them a leg up. And make sure that we support, protect our progress here in California. Mm. Um, and, you know, you also talk about on here about reproductive freedom. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, our state has taken measures to protect um, a woman's right to mm. choose um, w- what other kinds of things can be done or should be done. Well, we have to make sure we protect those organizations who are advocates. And thank you, Parent Planhood, for your endorsement. But also making sure that clinics that are providing these services have been under attack around the world. We have to make sure we protect our doctors, our workers, and making sure that we provide services for the, for the young person who is accessing these services. Again, the mental health, the stresses, the aftercare is important. It just doesn't stop at the abortion or it doesn't stop at, you know, any other services that they receive. There's still trauma after that because you don't know what happened to get them into that position. Whether it was willingly or not, there's still trauma. So we have to protect um, the person all the way around with wraparound services. And that's what that is, reproductive freedom, having the right to choose, uh, making sure that we have policies that put in place that protect them and to protect those who are providing the services, but also make sure we protect them afterwards. 
Time flies when you're on the radio. Michelle Chambers, give us your elevator pitch. Why should we vote Michelle Chambers, Senate District 35? Thank you for having me this morning. You should definitely vote Michelle Chambers to represent you in the California State Senate. Again, I have over 30 years of governmental experience. I'm the only candidate who's been representing this entire community for over 15 years consecutively. The only candidate that is endorsed by the incumbent, Senator Steve Bradford. I'll represent you with integrity. I'm effective and responsive. I am your senator. And not only are the endorsements important that matters, but also you want a senator to deliver resources to you and your family and to your community. Access to affordable health care, access to affordable housing, job creation and retention. We must provide more livable wages here in the state of California and mental health and substance abuse uh, funding resources to address that. And so I am that only candidate that is qualified and also the only candidate that has your best interest in mind and at heart. And I will take that with me here in the district and in Sacramento. I'm number two on your ballot. Again, I'm Michelle Chambers, and I'm your state senator for District 35. And tell us where to find find out more about you or follow you on socials. Please follow me. You can follow my website at Michelle for California, Michelle F O R C A L I F O R A dot com. On all my socials is Chambers, the number four C A Senate. Again, Michelle for California dot com and Chambers, the number four C A Senate. And again, thank you for working through my voice today. I've been doing a lot of talking, phone banking, walking. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough, but it's wonderful to see you, uh, Michelle Chambers, and good luck on your quest. Uh, to be the next state senator. Thank you for having me this morning. It's always great to be here. Thank you, KBLA. News, traffic, and sports, then more on KBLA Talk 1580.